You want me to give the intro? <laughs> Three, two, one. Oh, yeah. It's a new week. It's a new day. And you know what that means. It's time for a new episode of First Issue Club. That's right. We're here with Budget King, Mike D., and Greg Lichtai. And we're here to talk to you about the hot, fresh, new number one comic books of the week. On the docket, we have Adventure Man and Rick and Morty go to hell. Boys, I'm excited to be here with you in the same room nigh three months since our last recording we've done this. This is like a little party. We had to play uh, Billy Joel's Oliver and Company song. To get us pumped to celebrate. Oliver and Company? <laughs> the movie? The hit Disney hit. Yeah. Do you remember that with like the dog? And he's like, he walks around in the street. Okay. So Isn't you can't like... see this, but Budget King was like, the dog's like, and then he moved his head back and forth <laughs> he horizontally. Like, he was bopping. He was bopping with Oh, it. yeah. That movie. <laughs> is it kind of like, what is Oliver and Company based off of? Is it based off of I think uh, it's, uh, I th- David Copperfield? I think it's the dog version of it. I mean, Charles Dickens? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Listen, guys, I read comic books, not literature. I think it's the it's the dog version of Aristocats. <laughs> Arista dogs. Everybody wants to be a cat. Um, yeah, so we're back. We're here. This is great. I'm giddy. I'm so happy with you. I'm, that I'm with you guys. Yeah, no more audio issues for us. This it's... might be the best episode we've recorded in a half a year. <laughs> Already, well, it just it. I have so much pent up aggression just looking through a Zoom screen at you guys. Mm-hmm. The dynamics not quite the same when we're not in the same room. When we're not in the same room. No, it's terrible. I don't know how podcasts do it. I think all the podcasts I listen to have suffered over the past couple months. Yeah, none of them have gotten better. No, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yeah. We're really thriving in this whole distancing <laughs> lag thing. Well, we we really like Comedy Bang Bang, and like they've had to do episodes. Remotely, and yep. I don't know how you do improv remotely. No, because you be you're, everyone's got to step on each other yeah. constantly. Yeah, like you can't feed off the energy because you can't feel the energy. <laughs> um, did you guys hear that the hottest selling comic is uh, Ultimate Fallout number four? This is the first Miles Morales. Oh appearance. yeah, it's like going for over a thousand dollars. Over a thousand dollars on eBay now. Yeah, thank you PS Five. Whoa, I almost bought it for a hundred and twenty dollars. And I was like, "That's too much money." It was going for that like three weeks ago. No way it stays at a thousand for long. Do you guys own it? No, I do. I bought it for forty on a Facebook group many, many years ago, and I thought I overpaid with forty, but yeah. I wanted to have it in my collection. You should sell it right now. <laughs> oh, you should we do it? Should, should make an eBay thing right now and see if we can sell it? <laughs> I have, yeah, yeah. Let's do it without <laughs> actual pictures of it. During the, it's just a picture that says "Trust me." Dude, people it's buy really it good. anyway. Like. It's weird how many stock photos go up on eBay and still sell. People do that all the time. It's wild. It's bullshit. It's just when something's that hot, they just stock photo it. Yeah, and they just label it. I think some people like send like bullshit and just hope that you don't return it or whatever. Like it's the return policy on eBay is arduous. It It is not not easy. It's hard. Yeah, especially (laughs) when like PayPal's involved. Uh, that's cool that it's selling so well. That's great, actually. Yeah, Miles Morales, I think, is going to be uh, the new future for Spider-Man. It's only a matter of time before he appears in an MCU. He's already have Spider-Verse with Sony, which they're making a sequel with that. 
he's going to be in this new PlayStation PS5 game. Like, and I was talking to a buddy of mine, and he said his son, who is under five years old, will not accept that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. That, I love that. Miles Morales is Spider-Man. So, oh wait, so the big one of the big games on PS5 is going to be Spider-Man? Yeah, that one's coming out this year. I think it, holiday 2020 is what it said. Yeah. Which I they haven't released the price tag for the PS5, but I can only imagine six hundred. I think five hundred. Five hundred. Yeah. I'm I'm more in the range of six hundred, but if it's if it's five hundred or under, I'll get it. It's gonna be like seven hundred once you leave the store with everything that you need. Like I'm the, sure they'll do bundles. You know, like the extra controller and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, headphones. I'd only play with me. You only get one controller. Yeah. I never buy a new system without two controllers. I'll get another one eventually. <laughs> no friends are coming over. I'm the only one playing this thing. Aren't the Xbox controllers like $150 now? Yeah. They're... The pros are. The pros are, yeah. Oh, the the weighted ones? Yeah. Nobody plays with those, though. Oh, really? If you're a true gamer, you do. <laughs> Why casual? even make something with a price point that high, then? I've seen people play with them. They're nice. I mean, like if you if that if gaming was like your thing and you're drunk, and you're like, I'm gonna make that purchase, and then like you own this really nice thing, I could see you that being a thing that gets your jollies off. Right. Speaking as someone who's paid over 150 dollars for a comic book, <laughs> right, I, I can see someone buying that much for a controller. Yeah. Do Did you guys like think that Venom 25 or anything like that like had any impact? It didn't live up to the hype for me at all. But I honestly think COVID threw off the hype. Don, like, cause, cause Donnie was like really hyping that hard. It and, was a, it was more of a recap issue than anything. And it, I mean, it, did, it foreshadowed it, a couple things. It, but. it introduced a new character, right? A new version of Venom or something. Well, it was the cameo of Virus. Virus, virus yeah. right? And so, and that, and the big debate now was because the the free comic book day was supposed to come before Venom twenty five. But that got screwed up because of the pandemic. Now is what is the actual? So now, in reality, the new cameo, the first cameo, is Venom Twenty Five, because New Comic Book Day has moved to the second week of July, which will is, then be the first appearance. Is that a first appearance or is that a cameo? It's going to be a cameo, so it'll be like his. Two, so it'll be two cameos, quote unquote, second cameo. Yeah, Jesus. But Venom Twenty Six also comes out that week. Comes out on Wednesday. Oh, so you'll have like a dual... Yeah, Free Comic Book Day comes out that weekend. Mm -hmm. And also, I need to talk about this real quick. (laughs) I'm going to... This is a grind my gears scenario. Oh, good. Marvel is putting out new variants coming out either this week or next week, and it's it's nothing. The comic is blank, and it says, coming out every Wednesday. And it's it's like a shot to DC because their books are coming out like Tuesdays now because they have a new distributor, and they're not... With Diamond. So I read a huge article, two articles about this, about shops dropping DC now. Really? Yeah. A couple shops dropping DC and like why they're going to do it. And I'm just like, I no offense to these shops if you're one of those people, but like it's basically because like you don't want to fuck with another outside of Diamond and they feel like there's risk outside of Diamond. Uh, I hate that. Because, like, if you get new books on Tuesday and Wednesday, that's two opportunities to get the same person into your shop twice in the same week. Yeah. I, I think it's old school to be, like, the one day where everything's new is this day. Also, those shop owners usually complain about monopolies anyway. So now they're just like, can't everyone be on Diamond to make it easier for me? 
I'm not a shop owner. I know there's intricacies of it that I don't understand. But for me, I was like, so I, I, okay, this was another argument is that I guess the distribution of DC is somebody like Midtown. Like, I don't really know who that, who it is, or if it is Midtown and they consider that to be a competitor to like their shop. So they don't want to like give money to that organization, I guess. Is it higher than the cost of Diamond, I wonder? I don't think the costs were any higher. I think that they also had a laborious process where they made you zero out Diamond, which was probably annoying mm-hmm. to then have to like go move it to the other side. And then they also went digital on a handful of issues too. But like Marvel did too. So are you going to yeah. ping Marvel for that and just not carry Marvel books? So I, it's probably just a bunch of old people who are like, I want it the way it's always been. Yeah. I did see a younger shop do it though. But I'll say too that Marvel tried this in the 90s and it didn't go great. Really? Yeah. They moved away from Diamond in like 1994 or 5. Well, there's already a handful of indies that you can't get on Diamond. So shop really good shops should be totally fucking fine with this and just be like, yeah, I already do that with my cool indies, these other indies. Yeah. So I don't know. I like that I like that DC's shaking it up a little bit. I don't care. You don't care? If no. I was a shop owner, I would hold, even if I got books and they were okay to sell on Tuesdays, I would hold them till Wednesday. Really? Yeah, I think I would. I think customers might be frustrated who like come in to get first appearances and want covers and things to be like, now I got to come in two days. So let's talk about this for a minute. Nerd culture is like right now calling out all of like these racist things and like deleting them. So I don't know if you guys saw that Magic the Gathering like banned a bunch of like semi-racist cards that they had printed in the 90s no i hadn't seen that Uh uh-uh one of the ps5 announcement games caught a lot of flack because the bad guys looked like indigenous african stereotypes oh really Mm -hmm. interesting yeah so i'm listening to this podcast right now called um rabbit hole you guys heard about it no but i can guess what it's about same oh tell me carrots what are you gonna say? I was gonna say every episode, pick a different topic, dive deep on it, go down a rabbit hole. No, <laughs> you guys are wrong. Oh, but it's not about carrots or that. It well, no, carrots is a good one though. That was a great. Uh, I guess sucked, but carrots is. <laughs> it's a six-part series on how the internet warps your mind. So it's a limited series, and it's essentially about like YouTube can like radicalize you or it's about and it gets into gamergate for a little bit and they essentially like talk about like how this happened and like twitter and like how people get radicalized and it made me think about like the shittiest of shitty people want their nerd media to be like this untouched version of them like we don't want women we just want duke nukem we just want it to be the way that it was get out of our video games and like and I think Gamergate had a huge split in that. Like, I don't think Comicsgate had quite the epic, like, division or schism that, like, Gamergate did. And I don't think, like, I don't think shops really felt that. Like, I'm not saying that it should be worse, but I'm, I'm, I think that, like, it wasn't, people weren't made to feel shitty if they were like, I just like old Superman the way he was, you know? How do you mean? I think that like people that are holding on to this version of nostalgia and don't want like POC writers and women writers and like women characters, they need to be put on blast more. 
I think, well, I agree with the sentiment, but they need to have their minds changed instead of canceled. Yeah, because then they become angry, and then they become even more rooted in their bigoted yeah. thinking. And then they find other groups that reinforce but their not thinking. Gonna have the, and then they're not going like, to have their minds changed. That's not true. Yeah. That's not true. I've known plenty of people that have had their mind changed. That's good. Yeah. With I mean, I, I guess that's a good point. If we can't have open dialogue with people that dis- disagree with us, then what's the fucking point? Right. Because you're basically trying to combat them with their own methods. Yeah. And yeah. so you just, it's just the snake eating itself over and over and over again. And we, we don't get anywhere. Entropy. Yeah. Okay. That's my hot take. That's BK's hot take. Sizzling. <laughs> do we want to do any more news? What are your takes on Christopher Cantwell writing Iron Man? I have none. Was that you? Yeah, that was. It was in my. <laughs> oh my yeah, god! It definitely was. It wasn't purposeful. Okay, so no takes on Christopher Cantwell. Do you, do you have takes on Christopher Cantwell? I love him. He's killing Doctor Doom. Um, I think Dan Slott is a great guy, but his Iron Man run is like way too in the Marvel weeds. It's like. Honoring the history of like small little itty bitty things that happened in Iron Man 30, 40 years ago. And that's not accessible. One of the reasons I like Jason Aaron is that he does awesome things and with characters you love and he reinvents those characters. And it's consistently felt new and fresh with him for years and years and years. And I think that's really hard to do when you've been writing Marvel comics for like 10 years straight, right? To yeah. not start to get into the, into the weeds and to just not do things that are fresh, but stuff that just like builds on the continuity and the mud and muck of all the history that you've created, right? So I I love that about Jason Aaron, and I think every once in a while certain writers need to take a step back or push the pause button a little bit. It almost seemed like a passion project for Dan Slott of just like, I love Iron Man this much. And I'm going to prove to you. And I'm going to prove to him how much I love Iron Man. Yes. And he did. He proved it. But nobody wanted him to. (laughs) That sucks because I like him a lot. I do too. His superior Spider-Man was the most interesting, fun thing that's happened with Spider-Man in so long. And I love that it lasted like several years. Yeah. They committed to... Dr. Octopus becoming Spider-Man for over two years. Fucking crazy. And they're still doing it, right? Or did it end? That ended. Okay. Yeah. Speaking of which, have you guys stayed up with Spider-Man at all? The, what do you mean? Is <laughs> like checked in on him? No, is that is that the name of the title, the J.J. Abrams title? Oh. Oh. Yeah. It is. Mm-hmm. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Spi- yeah, Spider-Man. Yeah, have you <laughs> have we kept up with Spider Man? That's meant- <laughs> the one who springs like webbing out of his hand, right? He's that guy. Well, I was trying to. I didn't know if like that to 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 webheads if like when you say Spider Man, they're like, oh yeah, because you're not saying Amazing Spider Man. Like I know what run you're talking about. Yeah, that's what that's that's so difficult about Spider Man. Those Brad, the Brad, those broad strokes. The same paintbrush that JJ's painting but with. But let's be honest, we know Brad Strokes. Oh, yeah. Nah, every night. But I, I didn't know if little Jimmy Abrams uh, is still got it. Or what's his name? His, his kid's Hank. name? Hank. Hank. Yeah, Henry. Henry. Fuck. <laughs> Hank. <laughs> Hank Abrams. Uh, I th- I'm pretty sure it sucks. Okay. 
It wasn't bad the first three issues. I don't know How if was ever it ever not finished. bad? The we, premise seemed like it was stolen from another comic. It was slightly enjoyable. We'd covered the first three. The on girl the, they introduced was interesting. I Patreon. liked her. Yeah. All right. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> I'm not going to read it. Comics be comics. <laughs> all right. I think that's all we have for uh, news. All the news hits have been hit. I'm ready to get into the episode, so let's get this podcast started. Got it. Thank you, Sufjan <laughs> Stevens. Fucking got you. Sigmar called you Sufjan and you fucking deserved it. Damn it. I'm such a fucking idiot. And you took it. All right, so now we have Adventure Man by Matt Fraction and the Dotsons, Terry Dotson, Rachel Dotson, Budget King, good luck. (laughs) Thank you for that. Uh, Adventure Man is out on Image Comics, and uh... (laughs) there we have it. Um, So it is a pulp-typed book. Um, the cover looks as if it was like a bombshell cover. So that's a certain era of like artwork that I'm not going to land on, but somewhere in the like 50s, 60s, I don't even know. Yeah, it's like um, World War II nose art for like the planes and stuff. Yeah. You get those like pinup-y pulp. Yeah. Uh, looking at the cover, you think it's like air boy, but with a woman. Yes, exactly. And so this is a fat boy, I think we would say in the business. Jesus Christ, this thing was big. And it's uh, basically two books, one of which introduces a whole superhero cast, which I'm still confused about if they are called Adventure Men or if their leader's last name is Adventure Men. I think they're known as Adventure Men. Okay. Right? No, wait. <laughs> I think his superhero name is Adventure Man, and it's not like a Jewish last name. It's not like Adventure Men. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I thought his last name was Adventureman. No, I don't think so. Okay. If it is, that's kind of, that's kind of funny. We'll go with it. Yeah. Okay. So first, the book it it's actually a, just a high impact, really high energy action pulp book about a really cool superhero team. Then it, <laughs> I think you just flippantly threw really cool in there. Well, I mean, interesting. Like, there's some interest. It's it's it it feels fun. It's a fun dip into a read. Then it switches to a deaf single mom that has six stepsisters of all different ethnicities, and somehow she's kind of tied to that book. That's as good as much as I have. (laughs) Can I? Yeah, I want to pause on that sentiment anyway. If you had a friend who adopted kids, and they had a white kid, a black kid, an Asian kid, a Hispanic kid. <laughs> Every color of the rainbow <laughs> represented. A hearing, like, a hearing impaired. Yeah. Yeah. A deaf kid. Oh, one doesn't have legs, doesn't have feet. Yes. Yeah. There's a handicapped kid. Yeah. Um, it just seemed like he was collecting kids like they were trading cards and is like, I don't have one of those yet. 
Like, what would you think of that friend? That, oh, you got a footless one? I'll take one of those. That is that is so spot on. It I is... would be like, that fucking person <laughs> is just, like, making it their life's mission to, like, prove to the world they're, like, better than me or something. <laughs> He's like his own UNICEF. Like, like almost to all the po- of them. Yeah, it's, like, so in service to yourself <laughs> to, like, <laughs> present to the world right. that it's, like, I'm not a racist. I've adopted. I've and ado- by proving that, I've adopted point. one of each, and <laughs> and none of them are men. Right. I I don't think that I did a good job of tying the, the two books together. But to my credit, neither did the comic book. They so they spend a, a panel on it. the The beginning of the book is literally a story being read to someone, and that's the that's the middle of the book. Okay. Okay. It flips. When you, you, it's the mother reading to her child the adventures of Adventure Man. So when you were halfway through the Adventure Man story and you didn't know yet, we hadn't hit the reveal yet that it was not what the actual comic book was, where's your mind? I was Are just, you enjoying it? Oh, I was way into the first half. I loved it. I thought, the, and, and I loved in the end Matt Fraction talking about how he designed every character. Uh-huh. And he named one after his dead friend, which was touching i thought really cool but then this like the whole pacing of it i don't know it 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 lost me <laughs> i am the complete opposite i hated the first half of it oh okay and 5 pages in i was like i've already been slapped across the face with 21 liners in like it was five super campy pages it was so campy and we've talked about this before is that sometimes when people who aren't comic book writers write comics, they do these like old homage things that are over the top because they're like, that's what comics are. That's like, comics, baby. <laughs> camp and like. Yeah, this is comics. 40s superhero style. Um, Matt Fraction isn't that. No. So I was like, is this his just like homage comic? And then when it swapped, I was really relieved, I guess. It was just such a pace change. Like, I don't think I disliked the second half. It just was very abrupt. And I was, like, not complete. I just still don't even understand the lore of why they're connected. No, neither do I. I think that's going to be a slower-burning thing. I think it actually happened. We're going to come to find out. Okay. That the Adventure Man and his team were real. Because that woman that got arrested in the end, I think, was the ghost woman. Yeah, her yes. yeah. word bubbles were clear, just the, like the... You guys didn't think it was cool she took out ghost guns and shot people? So, like, I, I enjoyed that because it was, like, I believe it was Matt Fraction just really leaning into the pulp aesthetic of the time of just, like, I'm going to throw in as many fucking one-liners as I possibly can. Yeah. Because Matt Fraction wrote Sex Criminals, mm-hmm. right? And Hawkeye. And Hawkeye. Like, so he has... Very good comedic chops, so I don't think he was doing a hack job of it. I think he was just like, what stupid-ass one-liners can I put in there to probably piss off my old buddy Mike D? I love him now. The, on the First Issue Club podcast. Now that I know it's like a parody of yeah. that, it was great. Yeah. I think this is option too. Oh, it, fucking hell. It has some type of like heat on it, like being somewhere. I don't need that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't want this anymore. It is. It seems a lot like uh, Black Hammer, in some ways. Yeah, instead of being lost somewhere, they're like our characters forgot who they were, maybe. Yeah, and we're trying to like remind them because in the end, 
the editor's notes, he spends a lot of time telling you all of the different characters of Adventure Man. So it's like, they're going to for sure... Go back to it. Yeah. They're going to be main characters. One thing that we didn't really get into was that when the book swaps, there's the deaf mother reading the book to her son, and she looks just like one of the characters that was... Is that purposeful, In though? the group. Yeah. I believe so. She's So when the ghost woman comes back to a bookstore that the mother owns, she's trying to, like, remind her, trigger her with this, okay. like, b- book that she's given her. Like an encyclopedia so of Adventure Man here's stuff. The really crazy thing about this is that I caught up on Bang right before I read this. Mm-hmm. And that's a whole thing in Bang is that like there are multiple people from different eras. And so I was like, am I just reading the same fucking book here? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like they're like able to seep into their consciousness of the past people. Yeah, if this was a Matt Kent book, I would be like, it's part of the whole overlying universe. <laughs> right, yeah. All right, so follow me on this one. So this is the, I'm showing them now the page of you get to meet all of the people of the adventuremen, right? You get to, you get to meet the cast. It is also a diverse cast of characters. Follow me down this rabbit hole. Is the father collecting the daughters or the offspring of these heroes? Oh. My God. Okay. Like, is he the protector of the progeny of... of and is the old man... Adventure, Adventure man? man? Maybe he is. That's what it, That's what it is. Okay, that... Makes this book really good. And it makes way more sense. Did you guys have a favorite Adventure Man? Like, hero? No. (laughs) Greg just dropped a bombshell on us. (laughs) I'm not ready to move on yet. You're right. You're right. Sorry. I didn't mean to. So, yeah. So, if you look at all the... Because there's that, that page where they're going through all of the sisters. Like, I lied to her because of this. Like, yeah. That's what we were supposed to get from that page, which was my favorite design page of the whole thing. Yeah. So why is she lying to them? Like, well, I don't get what the point is. Like, I don't think she feels like she's part of the yeah. group. Is, is that what she thinks? Well, she lied to them about why she took her uh, hearing aids out, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. She just didn't want to be present for the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And her, like, savant kid is like, you can't read yeah. lips. Okay, so that's what the dad looks like. He's Adventure Man. He could be Adventure Man. Yeah. You did it, Greg. Yeah. I feel stupid now. Because in the book, the the way the book ends is like some weird demon shaman guy gets like all his blood powers and then it just ends right there. Yeah. And then the whole crux of the lesson from that book is sometimes there are no endings. Sometimes books just end. So is our lead then the daughter of Ghost Woman? And that's why she came to see her? Mm, I don't know. I think she might be she the... she hasn't aged, it didn't look like. She wasn't an old lady. She looked like the daughter of the pharmacologist. Yeah. She looked like the daughter from the main woman on the like cover A. Yeah. Or, or fuck, she could be the daughter of the blood shaman guy. Who knows? But she's going to be the main lead in this new book now. And, oh, fuck, she has to form her own team. That's going to be your sisters. Each of the sisters had their own ability and their own special like thing that they brought to One the table. One of them literally had knives as feet. Well, maybe not knives. No, I think they I think she said get your knives off the table. Right? Well, they call the 
when you run on those. Oh, the press. They call them blades. Blades. Get your blades off the table. Okay, cool. Got it. Mm-mm-mm. Adventure man, you pushed me away and then you brought me back in. This art is a little bit. It's really good. It's so solid. It's not my first taste of art. So like my. This isn't your first taste of art. It's not I've my, had other art before. I've, had other art I've before. appreciated plenty of art. Believe you me. <laughs> I'm a museum guy. I also like to lift weight. Um, it's it's just not like the first thing that I like am drawn to. This style of art looks like it took a lot longer to create than a typical comic book, which is always kind of wows me. That it's like, damn, how much time did you spend making something that took me? Like under ten minutes to right. read. Yeah. Like wow. No, the character design is this is awesome, and they do like some really cool things. Where what I liked, I guess, were like they'll put the hairline down and then keep the eye behind it, which is like a very like anime thing to do. I was just thinking, so manga. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like notice how I said that. That's so manga. <laughs> but it was like a cool like new spin on like pulp to mm-hmm. like introduce that into yeah. it this is a good book I, I think this it's worth like he's gonna be writing this book for a while okay let me change subjects here because this is fucking crazy oh god you're, you, you're switching more than this comic did brother <laughs> what is this podcast called rabbit hole <laughs> <laughs> got him burn sick sick Sufian burn too what is this shit on uh, BK day uh, keep it moving <laughs> did you guys realize that Matt Fraction had lived in Kansas City no uh uh-uh. uh up until 2008 we just missed him. We could have been best friends. <laughs> yeah, I know. And then buddies. It, I'm like, why did he leave? And then he went to Portland, I guess. But that's a big thing of his uh, editor notes. Fucking everyone in Kansas City went to Portland in 2008. <laughs> they yeah, really did. Break. It was either Portland or Omaha. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe Austin. Yep. Austin was a big one. New York a little bit, I guess. That's, oh, that's where I went in 2008. I that moved to New York. <laughs> and then half of your motherfuckers came right back. Yep. Yeah. So uh, anyway, shout out to uh, us, I guess. <laughs> God, that's going to be cut from the episode so quickly. <laughs> that diatribe we just went on was just... You know, like, shout out to us, I guess. <laughs> um, so, so, so this was two books. It felt like two books. But if you would have done the first half of it as one book, I would have been like, ah, what the fuck? (laughs) I agree with that. It needed to be this big. So the first book should have ended, uh, theoretically, the first book to hook you should have ended with the mother ending the story. The reveal that it was just a story being told. And that would have hooked you enough for number two. Right. Okay. Maybe. The way they should have done it is like make the first book the free comic book day book. It's like the origin. Oh, yeah. And then just make the... I wouldn't have even mind minded if it was like Adventure Man was the name of the free comic book day book, and then you rebranded yeah. like, the whole other thing. So it was like you read the comic book that the kid was reading That's when he started. That's awesome. That would have been cool. They should have consulted us. Yeah. <laughs> well, do you know that Matt Fraction was in Kansas City? He, he lived here until about 2008. He, we could have been consulting. I I was thinking, like, do you guys ever think about, like, if only, like, maybe I met him. Maybe I talked to him while I was just like, like I walking, bumped into him at a walk bar on the street. Yeah, and he was like, I, I could have been the inspiration for Adventure Man. Yeah, like a like a popular watering hole down here is Buzzard Beach. We probably could have bumped elbows with him. Yeah, and he's like, What do you What are you reading, Budgie King? He's like, I'm reading pulp, kind of, but then 
I'm also thinking about a, a mom who's hearing aids and stuff, and then and he's furiously writing down notes. Yes, in his notebook, and then like, twelve oh years God. later, just fucking crazy. You guys gonna pick up number two? Yeah. Yes. Is this, do we know? I know we always ask this in every episode. We should probably stop. But is it a maxi or is it? This is this is gonna keep going. Okay. I think from what he said from the back, it seemed like this is he's got like lots of he's got plans. Lots it was things. cool. Like I, I, I agree with you guys. I, I hate to go back to it, but I love the character design of the good guys and the quote unquote bad guys. Like there was a lot of fun, like playful thought and put into this. I, I think that Black Hammer set Jeff Lemire in a certain echelon that he hadn't achieved yet, which was kind of crazy to say that about him because he's so um, accomplished. And I think I read a preview on this saying that like this is Matt Fraction's Black Hammer. Jeff Lemire started Black Hammer. I was thinking like this is his Hellboy. Oh, there we go. Yeah, like, yeah. There the we go. Expanded universe yeah. of like all these. It was an easier comp too because it's on the same publisher as Hellboy. Yeah, for sure. But hey, it can like spin out into other comics. Speaking of Hellboy, you see uh, Ron Perlman and Donald Trump getting into it on Twitter. No, <laughs> I didn't. That's why I, I don't like Twitter when the president can just start <laughs> arguing with Ron Pol- Ron Perlman. Yeah. One one person was like, oh, "Okay, a Nazi wizard brought you back, or whatever." And Ron Perlman was like, "Yeah, I played that character. Yeah, <laughs> like, I'm, <laughs> I'm not really Hellboy, you fucking idiot. <laughs> I shouldn't have to explain that to an adult." I think he called him a fuckboy. Ron Perlman did. <laughs> Good, awesome. hell yeah. I was in an uh, anthropology class at a community college. And we started talking about some sort of like delineation in history and someone raises their hand and says like, well, what about like cavemen and uh, dinosaurs? And the teacher stops for a second and they're like, cavemen didn't exist the same time as dinosaurs did. And they were like, nah, I think they did. And our, <laughs> and our anthro teacher says, no, I mean, you might have seen that in like cartoons or something, but <laughs> that's not a real thing. And then the person in class says, so you're telling me all of Jurassic Park was a lie. Oh, my God. <laughs> I like this guy. I want to find this guy. Which point <laughs> we were all like, even the teacher had this like look on his face like, what's happening? Am I being like, are you fucking with me? Or are you the dumbest person I've ever taught? The person thought Jurassic Park was a documentary. There's no <laughs> caveman in Jurassic Park. Like, <laughs> the layer, only dinosaurs. The layers upon layers of stupidity by this person. Is so, like, so you mean to tell me, Mr. <laughs> Professor Man up there on your golden throne, that Jurassic Park... One of the peak cinema achievements of this generation is a fucking lie. <laughs> Steven Spielberg lied to me. The documentarian Steven Spielberg is a fucking liar. It would have been more poignant if he was like, "You're telling, trying to tell me the Flintstones isn't real." Yeah. At least the Flintstones has both of the things he's talking yeah, about. Yeah. <laughs> right. I think in this guy's head, um, 
we're cavemen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all people are cavemen. All people are cavemen. Okay, that makes a lot more sense. <laughs> I think in his head, when they do like the ex- explanation of dino DNA stuff, yeah. that he subbed in cavemen into that explanation <laughs> and was like, when they were explaining dinosaurs to me, they showed people, which never happened in the movie. <laughs> Listen, Professor, I don't want to ruin so your you're fucking, telling me uh, experience here. Cavemen lived in caves. Dinosaurs walked outside of the caves. That's why cavemen had to go into the caves to hide from the dinosaurs. Yeah, what were they hiding <laughs> yeah. from then? What your your <laughs> your explanation, Doc? I'm sorry, is flawed. So flawed. You're telling me Fred and Wilma, the Flintstones. Uh, <laughs> not true. I, what was their garbage disposal and electricity back then? I was hesitating on telling you the Ron Perlman thing, but I'm so glad I, I brought that up. God. <laughs> Although you are a big uh, Da Vinci Code guy, I love Dan Brown. And However, he doesn't believe the Da Vinci Code is real. No, he does. The, the I think Dan Brown does. No, I'm talking Mike D. Do you? believe the da vinci code is real <laughs> i mean it's firmly placed smack dab in the middle of the fiction section <laughs> in bookstores i'm not sure what do i'm you, being asked do you think the louvre has like secrets that they're not telling people <laughs> we have to get it drunk to get those secrets out <laughs> no you've never once thought that no no <laughs> okay what this is a slow is this a thing people think? <laughs> a slow burn into, I don't know, guys. Well, jet the- fuel can't burn steel beams. <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's a thin line between <laughs> the Da Vinci Code is real and I don't know. That was a controlled explosion on Tower Seven. Right here's. <laughs> so uh, let me explain why I like him. He writes books that even though they're like but intellectual with like references and stuff, it's a dumb action movie. Just like I like John Grissom novels. I think Dan Brown's the same sort of thing. Or do you like the National Treasure franchise? I had fun with National Treasure, yeah. Yeah. It's just fun escapist reading. Yeah. And he's really good at that. He put a little thing in the front of the book that said all of the like historical references and mentions of this, that, and the other are true or based in reality. He's such a fucking atheist, this guy, that he was just like, oh, uh, I see. Yeah. Jesus was actually like this way and didn't actually do this, and Christians don't want you to know this. And the book was a little too heavy-handed with those sorts of things to just be like a fun adventure book but he did try to base some sort okay. of i i think he was probably like an art history teacher or some bullshit before he started writing books i was trying to think of a book that like crosses the realm of like fiction slash reality like is true but is also like fake like maybe that's all that all this guy in your class had ever seen was the da vinci code in jurassic park <laughs> <laughs> That's the bit. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen two documentaries in my life. One, Jurassic Park, which explains very thoroughly cavemen, dinosaurs I living can't together. I somebody in calling one. Jurassic Park a documentary. <laughs> two, Da Vinci Code, firmly 
cement into my brain. Angels and demons exist, and the Louvre has a secret door with some cool shit behind it. Okay, I don't want to lose. I don't want to lose this character of guy who thinks Jurassic Park is a documentary. Okay, we got him. We got him cemented in. He's not going anywhere. Hang on, you're telling me that Dino DNA isn't a Southern gentleman <laughs> who can talk to me? <laughs> And is a, a coil of RNA and DNA together? Does that? He taught me everything about being a man. Not to be rude, but how the fuck did you get this job, uh, Professor? <laughs> Does the animation have qu- hand quotes when I says Professor? You seem like a real dumbass. Hang on, does the animation actually have a southern accent? Dino DNA. Yeah, yeah it does. Right. He wears a cowboy hat at It one might as well be fucking Colonel Sanders. Yeah. I always thought it's it, finger licking good. I always thought it was the paper clip from the Microsoft Clippy. Yeah, it looks a lot. Like it does. Clippy, yeah. yeah, playing like that character. Well, he auditioned Clippy. for it, but he didn't get it. As Dino DNA Clippy, <laughs> he's credited in the credits. I bet that guy believes the Earth is flat too. Yeah, he's probably one of those guys. Sweet. <laughs> Get into uh, Rick and Morty go to hell. <laughs> I, I prefaced that with a, uh, but I don't want you that to affect the viewer on our review that we're about to. You give. did have a big sigh there. It was good. Uh, Budget King. Yes. You want to shoot this one out of a cannon? Yes. Uh, this is Rick and Morty go to hell, and uh, Ryan Ferrier did this. He did Dave spelled with a four. I oh, love that book. Yeah. Clever. Which is uh, a really good book. Ryan Ferrier, great writer. Mm-hmm. Very like funny sci-fi. I think this is probably a big look for him. Unless he's been on Rick and Morty books before, and sorry if he has already. Um, so We're the- not experts, so shut the fuck up. <laughs> this is very, very much Rick and Morty fan fiction in that uh, Rick is doing the entire thing through the whole book where he's like, uh, uh, like throughout Yeah, did the- we need that? We did not rap. need that. I don't think that does not translate for to a comic. Just I'll let let me tell you, uh, Dan Harmon. If you have any say in any of your comic books, just your cool nix bi- that immediately. <laughs> your cool bit about Rick burping all the time because he's an alcoholic or whatever. Uh, let's cut that. <laughs> <laughs> or he has fucking GERD or something. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> Budget King editor, <laughs> amateur editor, <laughs> freelance editor, freelance editor. <laughs> For no pay. Pro bono editor. Pro bono freelance editor. (laughs) I freelance for the top position. (laughs) Um, Experience? None. (laughs) Essentially, this book is like, a lot of characters go to hell. Shredder's been to hell. I think Predator, things like that. You gotta do it. Spawn. So yeah, yeah. born there, actually, I think. Um, so you bring them to hell, and then they're figuring it out. What I think is fun is the whole family is also in hell. So something killed them uh, to put them there. Rick is in complete denial the entire time. By the way, I mean, if you if I'm telling you the names of these characters and you're like, who are these people? Turn the podcast it, off. The, the book is not for you. This book is 100% for Rick and Morty fans yeah. and nobody else. Uh, and as, speaking as someone who's only seen one episode of Rick and Morty, oh, this book was fucking terrible. It, for you. it was a fucking trudge to get through this. <laughs> yeah, if if you have not, if you don't watch Rick and Morty, like just I, I don't even know, like d- turn off the episode, I guess. So what? Do you not watch Rick and Morty? 
It's not that I'm avoiding it. It's just I haven't gotten around to it. What? You would fucking love it. It's a I'm great sh- show. I'm sure I would. I just it hasn't gotten down to my list yet. My sister fucking loves Rick and Morty, and if you know my sister, that's saying something because she's not like, oh, Sonic's teeth. She's not like one of those people. <laughs> Sonic's teeth. What a fucking <laughs> take to have. Which hey, I I want to start this today. Release the teeth cut. <laughs> oh <Please>. my god! <laughs> release the teeth cut. Yeah, we, we need the we teeth should, cut. We should get the teeth cut. <laughs> um, get your teeth cut. <laughs> when I think about Rick and Morty fans, I think about. Did you guys ever see that movie, uh, Seventh Grade? No. Or eighth, eighth grade. Eighth grade. I'm eighth sorry. Grade. Yeah, I demoted it. Oh, that. Yeah, I've seen that. One. <laughs> oh, you said eighth grade. <laughs> um, and in the end of that movie, they like quote Rick and Morty as they're like kind of like blossoming of like friendship or whatever and it was like yeah i think like younger kids are rick and morty shapes them in a way but it is a solid it is a good show it is awesome yeah it does have a little bit of like joe rogan-ness blow your mind um white guy searching for some self-actualization in it like atheism kind of um oh heavy on the atheism like dawkins type of thing it gets a little bit of beef about being like in that I I don't even want to say alt right, but like a little bit more like leaning towards bro culture. But other than that, it's it's a solid solid uh, show. Not that we need to talk about Rick and Morty in general because we're talking about. Well, no, well, I think that's actually pretty good context to have for this comic because uh, this is so deeply rooted in the mythos of Rick and Morty. Because <laughs> I've seen one episode, and in the one episode, Rick, who's the uncle or grandpa, you don't need to explain that. <laughs> Is always fighting with the dad. They hate each so other. So that's that's what the dynamic is, and you see that in this comic book. And if you didn't have any of that preconceived knowledge, you're just like, "What the fuck is this? Like, what is this going well, it, on?" And right it's now? funny because that that's his father-in-law. So like, right? It's funny that he's shitting on the person that married his daughter. And one of the like strongest things about this the show for me is like how much Rick hates the world and thinks like he's so smart, but. He has love for Morty, and they go on adventures all the time. And like Morty's his best friend, and like Morty's his Morty's his like moral compass. So there's like this really like warmth to it beneath all this like absolute insanity that I love about the show. I liked it more than Community, to be honest. Holy shit! There's about to be a throwdown. <laughs> you I, haven't watched it, so you can't say anything yet. <laughs> community that is true. Community is great. It, I mean. And and it only gets better as the as it goes on. I, I I felt like I also love Community, even though they put Yahoo out of business. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't know the context, I think Yahoo bought the rights to Community uh-huh. and made a like seventh or eighth season of the show. They did two seasons. They did two seasons to like kickstart their own streaming platform. Yep, and it tanked. Not because of community, just no. that Yahoo should have never dipped their toe into the streaming yeah. TV series. No reason to try to compete with Hulu and Netflix, which have so much going on when you don't own any other IP except for, like, community. I think that, <laughs> like... It must have cost so much money to make those yeah. two seasons. Right. I think people confuse them. Like, as they're starting streaming services, they're like, oh, I'll have this one entity. Like, Quibi's big thing was punked. <laughs> oh, my God. If I hear Quibi one more fucking time. Also, you have to watch it on your phone. Fuck off. They yeah. changed, changed formats. Did, Did they, they really? They okay. finally were just like, okay, we're getting fucking railroaded. Yeah, put here. it on TV. 
Don't Let be, me, don't be an it's asshole. 2020. I can watch stuff the way I want to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. I get like their idea is, was, was pretty brilliant of just like, you're waiting in line, you're on the bus, you want to watch digestible 10 minute shows. Quick things. Yeah. Fine. Like throw it up, watch it. But I think you got to put the user in control. Like I'll decide. For sure. Totally. I could do that on YouTube. I don't need a whole service that just does that. For yeah. Me. No, absolutely. So there is this. This Rick and Morty book is tough to talk about outside of the concept of like it's just Rick and Morty because it like the hellness of it doesn't even go it doesn't go that crazy into hell I didn't think. No, one of the interesting things about hell in this comic is that there seems to be a lot of like bureaucracy. And they yeah. go to like fill which out we've forms. seen that take before. Yeah, and and like the whole like they're gonna torture you, which is that's but interesting. It's like, but it's like business as usual, <laughs> and it's like it's torture time. I guess they're going to – one narrative this whole thing is, like, Rick's denying that they're actually dead because he doesn't believe in an afterlife. Right. Yeah. And, and so, like, they're going to kind of, like, figure that out, I guess. Well, and they've been to so many parallel universes right. and other worlds. Like, Rick is obviously – he's the scientist of everyone. He's like, no, 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 no. Well, there's no afterlife, so we're not in hell. Hell is a <laughs> fictional thing. So hit TV shows that are, like, popular with adults have a long history of comic books. The Adventure Time comic book, nobody thought was going to be a big deal, and it went bananas. Right. And had so many offshoots and went, like, crazy. Bob, and like, Bob's Burgers had a long-running yeah, comic I, book? I think still, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Gumball, which was a Cartoon Network show. Um, there's been a ton. And and people like them um, a lot. And so Rick and Morty, the comic book that originally came out, I own it. You own it. Mm-hmm. Um, the like first one, but like I thumbed through it and I was like, "This is this offers me nothing but just like more of the episode kind." It's like a bad version of the episode, kind of. I'll say that I've read bad versions of the episode, and I've also read ones that I'm like, "This feels just like I'm getting another show," which is like great that that read they read a little smoother. I'll say specifically, Mister Poopy Butthole. Had a mini series, <laughs> Greg. If you I know, I, I know of, of him. I know, know he's like a banana. <laughs> and then like I know the big thing is just like pickle Rick. Every fucking person uh, on the internet, pickle Rick, pickle Rick. And I think that's why I kind of have p- pressed pause for a little bit because I'm just like, oh, that's like their Deadpool of the Rick and Morty thing. It right? is. So it is weird. Yeah, <laughs> that one really like picked up, and it was. It's just one episode. It is just one episode. Which right, is weird. right. It's like yeah. such a throwaway thing, but people love it. They fucking latched onto it. It was funny. <laughs> <laughs> and then it also join my new podcast where I watch Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty also has this thing that. Family Guy did a little bit of, but Midnight Gospel certainly does. You kind of have to think about and be like, oh, shit, like, that's actually pretty poignant. Like, that's going to get me to think about something, not just, like, yucks. Yeah. I think that's one of the biggest strengths of Rick and Morty. Um, I always bring up the Book of Mormon as a reference point for this sort of thing. Like, they could have just made fun of Mormons and been stupid for an hour and a half, two hours. But instead, the message of the movie is kind of sweet. I've never seen it, mainly because it has the word musical in it. It's fucking it's hilarious, amazing. You would lose your shit. I it seems right up my alley. It, and, and it I one hundred percent. And I really like them as writers. So, were were you the one who told me that when they won their Tonys, they're just like, um, 
we're very happy to win this Tony. Unfortunately, one of the writers, um, Joseph Smith, couldn't be here. <laughs> He's been dead for a few hundred years. No, I didn't hear Wait, that. Wait, did I ever tell you? I used to go to a shop that the guy on multiple occasions would tell me that Matt Stone and Trey Parker, he believed, were gay, and that's what made them such a strong duo of a writer. Did that guy not know anything <laughs> about friendship or collaborating with other people I know. creatively? He would just like this was his big conspiracy theory, and he'd be like, "That show's so good, and it's because they love each other." You more, telling me more two, than more than friends? <laughs> you telling me two dudes in a room that write a hit TV show aren't gay? Are fucking? <laughs> I'm sorry, that's just wrong. That's wrong. Yeah, that's I like, like saying cavemen and dinosaurs didn't like exist at the same And time. I liked that he would forget like. A, I was the guy that he told this to. But B, it's like he just was playing the greatest hits for whoever was walking the door. Well, that's how any good conspiracy really takes off. It's the repetition of it. You got to yeah. tell everybody over and over and over again. I heard Matt Parker and Trey Stone were gay because uh, they're such good friends. Did you hear that? They created South Park. You tell me they ain't kissing. <laughs> um, what it's- a waste of a time of a theory. Yeah. Like, what do you walk away from that conversation, like, knowing that, like, changes your day at all? Also, I love how <laughs> slyly bigoted it is. Right. He's not saying, man, I hate those gay bastards. It's just like, hey, they got to be gay. How can they be working so well together? And you he, know dudes always be fighting. I think, like, some people I think some people get off on, like, their, their thing that they know that you don't know. This guy would have a heyday with this <laughs> podcast. You tell me three dudes are in a room talking about comic books and they ain't fucking each other in their ass? Yeah, I mean, I'm surprised we don't break out into just sex. Some oiled up orgy on the yeah. podcast. We just have such magic together. Such fucking <laughs> raw connection. I'll be amazed if this makes it into the podcast. No, I think this is this is good. <laughs> this, is, this is what people, when they come here and they see we're covering a Rick and Morty book, nobody expects us to actually cover the Rick and Morty book. You you fucking know what you're going to get. Yeah. And there's not, I think hell, I, I was consciously optimistic that hell would bring a different uh, spin <laughs> on it and make it like, wowza. Um, nope. But it, it was still just for Rick and Morty fans, which is um, like, I don't know. Fine, yeah, like, if you're a Rick and Morty fan, now you get to see him in hell and enjoy that. Yep. Take it or leave it, idiot. Yeah. I think we've, <laughs> we've taken, we've seen every interpretation of hell there is. You're reading this book because of Rick and Morty. Or if you're a big hell fan, well, you pick okay, it up. <laughs> I'm more of a hell fan, I think. Yeah. I, just, I was reading this thinking, oh, like. Oh, shit, there's a new hell book? Hell yeah, yeah. let's do this. Um, Love what, that fire and brimstone. What is hell a standard for? Like, you, I. Because when when you what when you bring your character one to, of the oldest abstract concepts <laughs> there you go <laughs> what but do you think hell means oh wow uh, how much time we got in like the podcast? God, Godzilla and hell like are you do you make him like is it debauchery is that or is that what it is like is it supposed to be like is it crazier do you make the crazier thing crazier by put it in, by putting it in hell I think you give if if Godzilla goes to hell his hell is working like a nine to five job at like a pharmaceutical company <laughs> well, that's not what happened in Godzilla and like no. he's he's like an he's like an accountant. <laughs> just in a tie and like a cubicle just like we need, we need to write spreadsheets we need day. to write some in hell books and and do, what character do you want to see go to hell blue oh. blue from blues clues <laughs> what character do i not want to see go to hell um rugrats in hell would be great oh my god rugrats in hell would be so funny mm-hmm. oh but tommy can't go because he's jewish 
He doesn't believe in They don't believe in the concept of hell. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, I think... Not to dunk on you. (laughs) Well, then I I think uh, Angelica couldn't go either, right? Correct. Yep, that's true. Okay. And is Chucky Jewish? I don't think so. Okay. Phil and Lil? I don't think so. All right. Um, I'm glad we covered off on that. Um, Phil and Lil are Southern (laughs) Baptist. Oh, yes. (laughs) Who would you guys want to see in hell? Go, you. Go, go to <laughs> me. Budget King. Budget goes King to hell. goes to hell. Budget King goes to hell. Yeah, yeah. that'd be a good. One. That's a great yeah, one. I read actually. that. Yeah, mm-hmm. they make you the devil. It's not just, as cool as I thought. He's just way better at it. Guar goes to heaven. <laughs> that'd be fun. <laughs> that'd be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, more people could go to heaven. I think. Hellboy goes to heaven. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Hellman, some motherfucker. What a fun bit that fizzled out. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you gonna send to hell? You because you guys ended it with sending yeah. me to hell. No, th- this is good though. Like if you're listening to us and you listen and you're on, follow us on Twitter. Tell us I, who's. I want to hear. I want to hear who you want to see go to hell or heaven in a comic book. There's gonna be so many. Just like Donald Trump. <laughs> no political. I don't want fucking. If it's so obvious, don't even do it. Make it funny. <laughs> I is want, it supposed to be funny. Or I want to. I want to see the fucking the Who? Undertaker monster truck go to hell. That's Surpri- the kind of shit I want. Here's to see. what I want to see. Surprise me that the person you name the storyline is actually going to be better by them going to hell. Yeah. Okay. What were you say, Mike? Oh, that you <laughs> kind of stole my thunder. I Ooh. did. Yeah. Yeah. That was the thing we had. Which yeah. gives this is what being credit in, to this is what being in the room is like. Mm-hmm. We couldn't do this if I was in my. room. I wouldn't have stolen your thoughts. No, because it would have been like, oh no, go ahead. Oh, 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 sorry. Oh, oh, my internet doesn't work. Uh, I think Greg's frozen. <laughs> the one, the best thing about <laughs> the best thing about uh, not being in the same room was we didn't have to fight the urge to fuck each other. <laughs> <laughs> I've slowly been taking off clothes the entire time we've been in here. Caitlin's at home. It's my my three dudes. <laughs> Which pole am I gonna ski with? <laughs> Uh, well, I had a great time with you guys talking about comic books. Mm-hmm. We uh, covered a lot. A lot of ground was covered. Um, we'll see what n- new <laughs> adventures await for us next week on the on the club. Uh, follow us on the socials. Rate and review. We haven't said rate and review in a long time. Wait. iTunes has this rate and review system. Please go do that. Tell your friends to do it. Tell your pastor to do it. Whatever it takes, just get us five-star reviews. And we don't always put the credits in. So uh, primary... I don't always put the credits in whenever I edit. <laughs> primary Color Music uh, does our theme music. So yes. we should make sure to, that they always get shouted out. They are phenomenal. Um, mm-hmm. So And I think Planet Comic Con in Kansas City is tentatively still in august we there's, have there's no, no fucking that's way not gonna happen. yeah that's a joke <laughs> yeah give like me a it, break. any comic con saying they're gonna happen right now is a joke it is a joke it's a sick joke but we're gonna be there <laughs> should we cancel if that is still going uh is that a conversation for off the air no i don't i don't think it's gonna happen if they if they if, if comic- they say we're gonna do it then we'll do it we'll mask up yeah i'll wear one of the flaming lips balls mask on them Mask on. Fuck it. Mask on. <laughs> That'd be so funny if we have masks on the entire time during the panel. We should just cosplay, yeah, as Chewbacca. Well, cosplay is um, uh, re- the real heroes, which is the nurse and doctors of this great country. That's a good point, yeah. I was going to make a joke that would drive that. Yeah. yeah. All right. Goodbye, everybody. See you next week.
This has been another episode of First Issue Club. We are a proud member of the Fountain City Frequency family of podcasts. Our music is provided by Primary Color Music. We are recorded in KCUR Studios. You can find us, rate us, friend, and follow us on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, email, and your favorite listening platforms at First Issue Club, F-I-R-S-T.